0: Round Guy Radio Sports is brought to you by these great sponsors. Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded, just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. You need a reliable family car for you or your student. Buckwalder Motors and Wellman has your car. Hinshaw Trailer Sells in Richland, Iowa, for all of your stock, cargo, utility, flatbed, and horse trailer needs. Family owned for over 40 years, we repair what we sell and don't in our full-time repair shop. B&B Propane and the family of Jet Stops in Burlington, Salem Stub, New London, West Point, Denmark, Huffton, Bonaparte, Milton, Fairfield, and Birmingham. And McDonald Boneyard and auto recycling in Kyoto for all of your farm machinery and auto recycling needs.
1: Well, welcome back. Uh, We're talking high school football, and we've got uh, Audubon Wheelers coach, uh, Burks, with us, and uh, Southeast Warren Warhawk uh, football coach, uh, Coach Rollins. Welcome to the program, guys.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
1: All right. Well, I'll just ask uh, uh, each one of you a question one at a time here. I'll start with Coach Burks. Uh, Coach Burks, uh, the classifications have just come out. Uh, Has it changed anything about your classification or your conference? Or uh, is there any ins and outs of uh, what you had the last two years?
2: Uh, You know, we're still an eight, man. Nothing changed for us classification-wise. But um, our district saw a massive shakeup. We uh. We only have one common district opponent from the last cycle. Uh, We did, did, which is Coon Rapids-Bayard. glidden alston was in our district two cycles ago. We got them back. Uh, And then the other four are an hour 45 to two hours east and northeast of us. So those are all uh, new opponents we've never played, JV, J High, or Varsity in our uh, since dropping to eight man. So four Dodge St. Ed's, Colo Mesco, Collins-Maxwell, and Baxter – are all uh very new to us so that's uh it's definitely in a different for us this cycle um uh, but that, that's the biggest change for us has been our district grouping
1: well i'm going to ask you the same question uh coach Rawls. Uh, rollins but uh there's there's some of those teams that you seem familiar with that he was just mentioning uh,
3: some of those teams yeah well our uh you know we are the one of the last ones and we we had to use our exemption to be eight man uh we won't ever be close again after this one to the cutoff we'll always be eight man after uh this class graduates but we have a big sophomore class that's keeping us our beds count high so we did have to use our exemption uh unfortunately we lost martinsdale who's our number one rival uh kind of and uh they're back up to 11 man so that changed our district slightly by bringing in uh, bedford and lennox Uh, Two schools that we know through conference play, but uh, the only one we've played in football is Lennox. Oh, and East Union's coming in as well. So we played them before uh, as well. So it's nice that we have our conference opponents uh, in our district now.
1: So uh, I'm just going to ask Coach Burks this, and then Coach Rollins, when he's done, you can answer this question. But uh, let's talk about the Martinsdale St. Mary's thing. You know, I understand a couple of schools stepped down into eight eight man, and a couple of schools stepped up. Martindale St. Mary's. Up. Tell me a little bit about that transition that that school is going to have to go through.
2: Well, uh, you know, Martindale St. Mary's is, has an increasing enrollment. Um, they were they've already used their waiver, so they're, they're back an 11 player. Um, same thing for uh, there might be another team or two across the state that went back up. Oh, Grandview Christian was in the same boat as well. Uh, so those two are going on the way up uh, just based on their enrollment and have already used the waiver. Uh, Sydney is coming back down from 11 player to be an eight player. And uh, we've got uh, Waterloo Christian is creating their own eight man program. They've, they've been at school, but they've not played football before. So they're new. And uh, Seymour Moulton Udell opted to play a JV schedule this year. So. There's a little movement across the state, uh, a couple up, a couple down, and, and a new one here. And uh, we, there's it's been not, there's always movement every two years for the classification. But for the most part, I think there's 69 teams in eight man. We we started we ended last year with about 67, so we added added a few more than we lost, but not not a ton of movement. It, uh, there's definitely a learning curve. We've you know, Coach Rollins and I have both done it. We've both recently dropped to eight man there's quite a bit to, to learn um, and you figure out and uh, same thing going back the other way. But I think the benefit for those guys, like in for example, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that they were 11 men. So they've done that. You know, we dropped eight men for the first time. It's, it's a different, it's a, it's a whole different game. That you have to learn. So luckily for them, you know, going back the other way, I think there's maybe a little quicker learning curve since you've already done it once.
1: Well, you got anything to add to that uh, coach?
3: But no, I think, uh, uh, Coach Burks was uh, very spot on with that. That those programs will be fine going back up to 11. I really think uh, the biggest change I noticed when going down from 11 man to 8 man was the increased depth we were able to able to build. I think that would probably be the one concern for teams that were 8 man going up to 11 is being able to build the right amount of depth uh, when you now you know that's three extra guys you got to get varsity ready right away.
1: Coach Burks, tell me about some of these teams. I don't know you mentioned the names of the teams, but some of the teams that you're going to be playing at, you said you just one is from your other conference or one you're familiar with. Uh, and then talk about the process about the, what you kind of know about these other teams. And what's the process of playing a team you've never played? I mean, how much preparation is going to have to go into that?
2: Yeah, you know, schedule, schedules are going to get released here. Uh, we're told sometime in the next three weeks-ish, sometime mid to late April, we're supposed to see our full schedule. Uh, so that will dictate a lot for us. Um, an eight-player, our week one is guaranteed to be a non-district opponent. Um, and then somewhere between weeks two and eight, you get your second non-district opponent. So uh, we're from, you know, we, we know that regardless uh, of those four new opponents, there's a chance we can play any of them as early as week two. Um, but we will have film on them from week one for whoever they play. Um, but also, you know, none, none of them are new to eight player. Uh, there's film out there. I'm sure we can get a film exchange going because they're going to run a film, film on us. And with the league pools on huddle, you know, everyone was putting their film in last year, too. So, uh, the, the big thing in eight man is, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's changing your roster year to year based on, on new kids coming in and out. So, we'll see what it looks like. Um, but more than anything, you know, we don't put a ton of stock into the previous year because, just like we do, you know, we change philosophies, we change formations, we change things um, year to year. Uh, so really, for us, it'll be a will be a learning curve. But you know, if, if it's a team we don't play until week four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, we'll have that many films on them to to study from. Just like whether we're familiar with them or not, it's the same process. So hopefully for us, selfishly, hopefully we start off with with our two non districts right away, and then. Kuhn and Glidden, two teams we're familiar with, and then we end our last four weeks with those four, but that's probably not a very likely scenario either, but we'll, we'll make it work. You know, they're they're not familiar with us, so it's an, it's an even, it's even. It's not like there's an advantage to either side of that. Well,
1: same question to you, Coach Rollins.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Coach Burks was uh, very
3: accurate with his assessment of it. You know, every team changes. You know, I look at, for sure, I know we'll play Lennox, you know, now that they're in our district, they're gonna have a completely different look next year than they did this year because of who they lost. They're gonna change their offense, change their defense. You see all these coaches at the clinics learning and we all do the coach speak and don't give away too much. Uh, You know, teams will change. All we can do with whoever our new opponents are is just make sure we're sound in what we do. And then as the season goes on, you build a bigger library of what your future opponents will be doing.
1: All right, well, uh, Coach Burks, uh, I recently interviewed a soccer coach of Fairfield uh, who's you know, they've had a 25-year program, you know, one of the kind of initial ones to have a team. Uh, they, you know, they win their conference six out of eight times. They're a good team. They're a 3A school. Now, Waco is just having their very first soccer game ever. The First time they've ever fielded a team, you know, there's no film. There's no idea. All you know is that that they have good athletes and you know that, you know. And I said, well, how do you prepare for that? You know, there's no film. There's you have no idea. He said, I just told him to be prepared for anything, you know. So but my question to you, and uh, it's going to be the same question to the other coach, is what's tougher to play? A team that you played a lot that has a new coach or a team you've never played at all.
2: Yeah, I think the hardest thing is never playing them. You know, I, like last year, you know, we, we played Winfield, not Union, Week Zero. We anticipated they were going to run all shotgun stuff. We game plan for it. And we get there and they're running the eye-tight, double, you know, eye-double-tight, under-center, shoves it down our throat. And, and we just – we had not prepared for that, and it was tough at that point in time. Uh, you know, the teams that you play over and over again that have you really well scouted uh, are tough as well. Don't get me wrong. But you at least know kind of how to self-scale. What types of things they've tried to take away? What you could maybe try to to play into those hands and make it look like you're doing this that they think you're doing this. Um, but where it's it's really hard to prepare for everything, especially if they've got film on you. You know that's that's where it's not quite even. You know, like this year, us playing Baxter, Coach Luther will do a great job. He'll be well coached. Um, same thing. He he hasn't played us either. You know, where if you're playing someone for the first time. Uh, you know, we showed up to play one Springfield last year, and we showed up running some of the same stuff we'd run for years. They showed up running something completely new that nobody had seen yet. So that's definitely the advantage to those people. Okay.
1: Well, uh, Coach Warren, have you played the uh, uh, Baxter? Um,
3: we have not played Baxter. Uh, we've uh, gone against what the the we've gone against them in some off-season uh, five-on-five league type stuff and uh coach Burks will have his handful preparing for all yeah. their uh, different
1: yeah that, that's my that advice to you too is eat your wheaties when you play them they're a, a a pretty solid team but uh same question to you about the what would you rather prepare for a, a a team that you've never played before or a team you played a lot that has a new coach
3: you know uh, <laughs> i think you know it also comes down to personnel, like. We knew, uh, we knew almost everything Waco was going to run the first game of the year last year, and we couldn't do a darn thing to stop it. Um, but truth be told, I'm one that likes to have a big uh, library of film on an opponent. When I don't know it, the first game of the year, I'm always the most nervous because I don't know what they're going to change and you know what adjustments are we going to have to make. Uh, whereas when you have a plan for a team, most coaches kind of have a backup plan just in case something doesn't work or we can try this. Uh, it's a lot harder to do that on the fly when you've never repped it throughout the year.
1: Well, uh, Coach Burks, you say you have a couple of uh, uh, non-conference games. How many coach, uh, How many non-conference games does Southeast Warren have?
3: Well, we will also have uh, two non-district games. We're, okay. we're hopeful that we get our top two choices, uh, but we'll see how the state, you know, how everything shakes out throughout the state.
1: Well, Coach Burks, what all, I mean, I've been asking all the coaches this question what all goes into your decision about who to play? And I've been getting some very, very interesting answers. And there does seem to be a lot of calculation and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things to balance and who you uh, uh, get for your non conference games. Uh, what are you looking at, Coach Burks, for uh, non conference? Who do you looking to schedule and why?
2: Yeah, ours is pretty simple. I'm not going to lie. Uh, as as the AD as well, uh, you know, we're looking for someone close uh, that's going to bring a lot of fans and and be a, a quality matchup. And you know, that's really what it comes down to us. Uh, we already have, like I said, you know, four of our six not district opponents are an hour 45 to two hours away. So we've got a couple of non-district teams in our area that we've played recently. They're kind of rivals in some other sports. So it makes a lot of sense to put those guys down. Uh, we just, we already have enough road trips. We're trying to find a couple schools around us that are pretty close that we've played recently. We know they bring a good gate. You know, they, you know, they're, they're usually a pretty solid team. They're going to give us a good test. So to me, it's kind of a balance of, you know, what, what kind of fans will they bring and what kind of environment will provide and how competitive can you find a game because you don't want to be on the lopsided end of a win or a loss either if you can, if you can prevent it. But, you know, to, to, honestly, to us, the biggest thing is, uh you know, for us, we've, we've got uh auxiliary HK that's 10 miles down the road. We've got Cam that's about a half hour away. and, and The two of us, have, the three of us have accounted for the majority of the district championships in our area the last, of six seven years so it makes a lot of sense to try to get one or both of them with has provided us a lot of good games and they're they're a different district as well um are uh, there's, there's a lot of teams that have been in our former districts we got shift east so we're looking to go back west and find someone relatively close
1: well uh let me ask you uh coach Rollins, uh what, what who are you looking to play and uh I'll just throw some factors out there that some of the other coaches have mentioned that I wasn't really thinking about, you know, uh, I talked to the coach at Pekin and he says, well, we play a lot of teams that run, you know, so I'm not looking to schedule somebody uh, uh, in a non-conference game that doesn't run a lot, you know, especially since it's the first game of the year. He only has one and it's the first game of the year. So he was looking for somebody. I talked to coach Jensen at Sigourney and he says, well, I'm looking for somebody that, that can field on junior varsity team. You know, because oh, I don't yeah. want my junior varsity to go a, a couple uh, a couple weeks without playing. You know, so uh, what, are, what, are, what are the factors that go into your decision to make a, a – and maybe something that other people aren't thinking about?
3: Uh. Um, well, I'm in a – our Southeast Horn's in a different situation than, than Coach Burke's. Uh, in that western side of the state, there are a, a, a lot of strong um, – some strong football programs. Where in the district that we've been in, um, we've kind of been the, the, we've had a lot more numbers than the teams we've been playing. So um, our district schedule is much different than what some of the other coaches in the state have. So when we do our non district, we're looking to try to find who we think will be some of the best teams in the state that year so we can see what we really need to work on to get ready for postseason play. Well,
1: that, that's interesting. So who are Well, your- it
3: doesn't it, it doesn't hurt our postseason chances. Not the non district schedule doesn't affect postseason, so that's why we choose to do it that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, some well. of the other class, some of the other classes, you know, RPI comes into factor. Um, you know, some of those things where they're they, you know they've got four or five games to, to schedule their eight player. You know, we only have two, and and they have played absolutely no impact on your on your postseason. So that is a little bit unique for us as well. All
1: right well uh the schedule I think come out around Easter so it should be any any day now or what do you think this do you think the schedules will be out
3: probably a couple weeks after that I think just to finalize everything but coach Burks probably know more than I uh,
2: they've they've told us the the term mid-april would, so I'm I would say probably the week of April 17th is my guess I'll I'll put the line on Wednesday, April nineteenth at noon and you can you guys can fight over the over under.
1: All right. <laughs> I think I take the over. Well, uh here's my next question. Uh, and this is gonna take a while to answer. It might be the last question I ask, but uh, it's uh twelve oh one on the seventeenth and the schedule's in your hand. What 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 goes on? What, how does you know, I I don't know what the rules are when the team can practice and if they go to camps and Whether you got players involved in seven-man football, but you know, where do you go from here? You know, where where do you go? Where do you go between now and opening day? What's the what is the off-season like for you guys once you get the schedule in hand and know what's going on?
2: Yeah, for us, uh, you know, our our biggest thing right now is most of our kids are running track or, or playing golf. You know, and baseball will be firing up here in the next month as well. Um, So really the only football stuff that our kids are doing is getting in the weight room right now. Uh, When we hit the June 1st, June 1st is the first legal day to football workouts. So starting the week of June 1st, um, you know, full summer activities, our kids will run and lift four mornings a week. We give them Wednesdays and the weekends off. Um, We'll have a running group and a lifting group, and we'll flip and then following running and lifting. Two days a week, they go to basketball, open gym. Two days a week, they go to football workouts where we do a lot of just mental install, talk through formations, walk through anything new that year, uh, just try to get some reps, just some mental reps. You know, We don't we don't go pads or anything like that. Just It's usually somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour. It's nothing real intense. It's just a good way to kind of get some of the mental install done over the summer. Kind of do one offensive day, one defensive day at times during the summer as well. And then uh, we go through a five-on-five five at Baxter uh, in early July go play some teams and you know, where we throw it around and work on our passing and our pass defense. And then we're going to find a team camp, probably a one or two day team camp somewhere in the state sometime mid July. And then the last week of July is that dead week. So they've got it completely off. And then we come back the first week of August with our camp and then a couple weeks of practice. And then we, we get into it. So that's kind of our general schedule every year, regardless if it's a, a redistrict or not, you know, we, we, we have a spring meeting and talk about the expectations and the spring and summer schedule and uh, our summer things that we, you know, we keep everything in the morning because we got a lot of kids that play baseball. and um, you know, we, we just, we, we get them for lifting, running, and a couple of mornings a week we walk through some stuff is really what we do.
1: Well, uh, Coach Rollins, I'm sure a lot of that's kind of similar, but is your, you got any specific things you got to add, any camps or anything that well, you guys like to do?
3: The only two things that, that, from what Coach Burke said, that we do differently is we go Monday through Thursday and give them Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and and we do not do a team camp. Um, I've explored the idea, but it, it's just so hard to get everyone on the same page with baseball, and and, and it's just we really try to limit the chances for uh, off-season injuries in that regard. Um, as ad's I guess the first thing I have to do, and I already have the teachers and community members asking me, the first thing I do when the schedule comes out is set up the homecoming game uh, because that's the biggest concern for a lot of people for the next year. And then I just find film on the opponents, uh, share it with my coaches, and we'll spend the off season kind of just look, trying to get a general feel for what our first couple opponents will do. But like like Coach Burks realized and talked about, that usually goes out the window the first series of the first game when the team completely changes their identity.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when I said that was the last question, I lied because uh, I thought of another one. Uh, you, uh, you guys were in the uh, eight-man showcase that was set up to kind of kick off the football season and kind of be the, uh, a promotion for eight-man football across the state. Uh, uh, I-, I thought it was very successful. I really enjoyed covering it. Uh, but after talking to uh, uh, Winfield Mount Union's coach and uh, Waco's coach, you know, uh, Waco, in particular, you know, uh, playing that extra game and that extra week pushed them to uh, since they got to the state title game was a 14 game season, uh, and he thought maybe uh, uh, their legs were a little bit out from underneath them, a little bit from from that. Did you guys uh, uh, did you think that? What did you think of the game, and did did it have any kind of like uh, exhausting effects, or or just kind of a, a little more stones in the cart at the end of the season than you'd like to have?
2: Nah, we I, I don't think we did, um, but obviously we were one and done in the playoffs. And Coach, Coach Edecker and Waco is, is definitely a unique situation where they played well all the way to the finals. For us, I thought it was positive because we were such a young squad. It, it revealed a lot of our weaknesses early, allowed us to move some guys around. So I think we were better prepared for our week one and two teams that were playing their first and second games, and we were playing our second and our third games. So if anything, I think it helped us, especially early in the year. Um, obviously, we didn't have the whole long season wear our legs out, but we also, uh, you know, we we were really cognizant of that anyway. With a small roster, you know, we have 28 kids or so, with a lot of kids going both ways, and we're we don't get on the field at all on Mondays. Um, we're we're in and out 90 minutes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, or Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and, and Thursdays is pretty close to 90 minutes, and we're just shells. So we're, we we try to keep it pretty light, pretty fresh. We want to stay, you know, fast and fresh as much as we can all season because we know uh, from previous years, you know, it's a long season and you got to take care of your body. So, I don't, you know, it's just a matter of setting that up. But I thought it was beneficial for us to, as a young squad, and I can see how Chad with the veteran squad may not have needed that, and it, it may have worn on them, you know, playing. They played a really physical Southeast Warren squad right out of the shoot, you know, and, and we played a physical Mount Winfield team. But there's definitely – it was the pads were really popping in the second game. Our kids noticed it just sounded different. You know, those were two top 10 teams in the state. And it was obvious when we stuck around and watched that game. Those were those are really physical games.
1: Yeah. And it did give it did give a shine light. And uh, it was good for round guy radio. So if you guys want to do it again, let me know. Uh, um, Do uh, you guys have any is there any kind of special games or anything? Something like. Uh, um. Waco is going to play, I think, is it New Elfonda or some team from the way, what, Northwest? And they're going to meet in Des Moines and play at Valley. Uh,
2: yeah, Waco, I think it's, uh. there's four teams that are going to meet in Valley the next two years. It's going to be Coon Rapids and Freeman
1: Valley.
2: Yeah, Valley, isn't it? Waco and Turkey Valley. And then next year, they're going to flip who they play. Uh, that's the only one I've heard of so far, and that's going to be week one. As of right now, the only people that can get a week zero game are the people that are in the 16 district, uh, which is uh, BGM, Montezuma's area, Tri-County, or whatever. There's there's some people over in that way that there's a 16 district over in eastern Iowa somewhere that they're going to have to look for week zero. But the rest of us that are in a full district, the only way we can play a week zero showcase is if we're helping someone else out on the eastern side. So. As of right now, I haven't heard of much, but also we're all kind of waiting for the full schedule release before anyone gets too crazy, as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a Saturday too. So, uh, is that going to be a doubleheader? That game at Valley? Yeah,
2: it's a yeah. doubleheader. It's, it's a doubleheader week. One. Oh
1: man, you guys made my day. Uh, that, that's going to be exciting. I, I, I tell you what, that uh, Martinsdale uh, St. Mary's kickoff thing—that was beautiful, man. I mean that yeah, got my that concerned. got my heart pumping. They had a good. Uh, we'd watched a good, a uh, really good game between Moravia and New London, uh, Friday night. They had the week zero game. I think New London had had a, a team drop out of their league, so they needed to pick up a game. So they they played it there. So we got that real exciting game and watched both of you guys' games. And they were exciting fun games, and uh, the crowds were packed. And I'm sure Martindale St. Mary's made a little little coin on that and i don't think that's a bad thing at all and uh thank you for helping the uh kick last season off and anything else goes on and any southeast iowa teams on the schedule guys or
3: um we're hopeful to have waco on our schedule again oh
1: baby that'd be fun (laughs) that'd be really fun all right well uh stick around in the playoffs you'll get to one of them southeast iowa teams Uh. Sure, we will. All right, well, thanks for being with us, guys. Hey, thanks for doing
2: this.
0: You bet. Round Guy Radio Sports has been brought to you by these great sponsors, Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded, just like you, located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. You need a reliable family car for you or your student. Buckwalder Motors in Wellman has your car. Hinshaw Trailer Sells in Richland, Iowa for all of your stock, cargo, utility, flatbed, and horse trailer needs. Family owned for over 40 years. We repair what we sell and don't in our full-time repair shop. B&B Propane and the family of jet stops in Burlington, Salem Stub, New London, West Point, Denmark, Huffton, Bonaparte, Milton, Fairfield, and Birmingham. And McDonald Boneyard and Auto Recycling in Kyoto for all of your farm machinery and auto recycling needs.